Hello and welcome to the Relationships on Reddit podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Grace, and this podcast is available on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. So wherever you're listening, maybe you're driving somewhere or you're taking a walk through nature, maybe you're doing some chores around the house, I just want to say welcome. We've got three stories for you today. Our first story is a story of a boy who had a really toxic relationship at 14 years old with a woman, and he hasn't recovered from it. He's still scared that all women are going to manipulate him. Our second story is the story of a man whose friend's wife completely ruins a boy's night when she insists on getting a particular type of pizza. And our third story isn't from Reddit, it's an email from a fan. And what his problem is, is that he has a monogamous relationship, but he's worried that the sexual passion has left and he's not sure what to do. So let's jump into our first story titled Afraid of Manipulation. Here we go. So I had this best female friend and we were very close. I started developing feelings for her after three years and eventually confessed that I liked her. I was 14 at the time. She rejected me, but I was already mentally prepared for that. Of course I was bummed out, but it was okay. But I was not prepared for her manipulation. She made all sorts of promises, told me all sorts of lies. In brackets, she said that she would walk away from home. She was away for a week, and I feared she walked away. She did not let anyone know where she went to, but she went on vacation with her mother. Of course she did this so that I would be worried and that she would have the upper hand. She also did some weird things with blood and showed me pictures of her scars and diary which she used her own blood as ink. Goodness. Needless to say, this whole experience hurt me a lot. This went on for two years and it left me scarred. Right after those two years, I cut off every form of contact with her, even though she still tried to manipulate me into keeping her as a friend. I have healed quite a bit and developed myself. I had been working on myself to feel normal and trusting again because I felt numb for a long time. And this worked. But there is one thing that remains, and that is my mistrust towards women. Almost all women I have met are manipulative. Not as bad as this one, but they are almost all manipulative. I have, I have very close male friends, and I trust them a lot. I also have a few close female friends I trust, but definitely fewer. Some of these male friends are in a relationship, and their girlfriends all seem to be very manipulative when they do not get what they want. They are also very attachy, and I do not like it, and they do not like it when their boyfriend spends time with anyone else. I have kind of given up hope on ever being in a relationship that I view as normal, where both partners support each other and give each other space and let each other make their own decisions. I have read red pill stuff for a small period, but I did not agree with their methods. Manipulating back and emotional abuse is just as bad. I also hate the lady hate in general there. But the thoughts about manipulation stayed. Ever since that bad experience, I've been afraid of being manipulated or being used, being lied to about someone else's feelings or words. I do not know what to believe. Looking around shows me that most women I know are manipulative, but that believing all women are manipulative is foolish. There are also very manipulative men, so logically there are also non-manipulative women. And I know everyone can be manipulative from time to time, but in a relationship, I want to be myself and make my own decisions. I guess I wanted to get this off my chest. I really do not know what to do. What do I need to do in order to get rid of this thought that most women are manipulative? I want to have a normal relationship in the future, but my thoughts say that this is almost impossible. Let me know if you have any tips on how to heal properly and get rid of these thoughts. Alright, so first of all, I have compassion for you, brother. What you went through was absolutely horrible. I mean, this experience of the woman, that's absolutely going to leave a scar. She was definitely manipulative. 
and you did the right thing in cutting her off. But what you went through, that wasn't really specifically a female thing. I think it had its manifestations and kind of female behaviors. But what you're going through here is just a broken person from a broken home. You know, that's what's obvious. Uh, you know, she's into scars and and blood. She kind of sounds like like what we'd call like a goth chick in Australia. I don't know where you're from, but what she's doing is she's just acting out. And she she was coming from a home where she doesn't feel like she's got any control. You know, she probably has really strict parents. And when you get that case in an extreme, that's when you tend to find girls turn to things like uh, self-harm or anorexia. Boys tend to get into more like juvenile delinquency, you know, you know, get in trouble with the police, start graffitiing, things like that. With, with women, they often turn it inwards. And what you're seeing with those kind of behaviors is some attempt to regain control you know some sense that their their life is manageable because they have some sense of control in this crazy household where nothing seems to make sense so this is obviously not a happy woman she's not well adjusted and the reason that she was manipulating you is she was trying to gain control over you you know some some feeling of control was what was going to make her feel safe you know because when you do control something then it's not going to surprise you it's not going to hurt you so it sucks that she took your kindness and, you know, your generosity and your friendship. And then instead of choosing to just enjoy that for what it was, she felt the need to exploit it and try and control you. Obviously, that's not good. But it, trust me, it wasn't personal to you. You know, had she been growing up in a more functional household, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been like that. Um, so you're correct when you say not all women I like that. And I'm glad that this experience hasn't scarred you so much that you, you can't see common sense. It, I'm glad that you're sensible enough to to see that. I do see evidence sometimes of people saying things that are patently ridiculous, like, my ex-wife was like this, therefore all women are like that, which is, of course, a massive leap. Um, there's no logic to it at all. That sort of logic is the kind of logic that extreme feminists will use if they say things like, all men are rapists, uh, and all men are pedophiles. It's obviously ridiculous. You can't take the actions of a few people and then assign those characteristics to an entire group. It, it makes no sense. So you mentioned that you were looking into red pill stuff, and I, I think that that's good to a certain degree. Um, obviously, I, I'm, I'm extremely cautious with the red pill things, but there is a certain value to some of what they talk about. It can explain some of what you've seen. You know, it, you can come to understand female nature a little bit better. But you do need to be extremely careful. You know, the red pill community tends to be an echo chamber. There seems to be a, a lot of confirmation bias. Um, and they tend to only see, you know, the manipulation, like the most negative parts of female nature. And they completely miss all of the good stuff. But I suppose that when looking at, like, what do you want to do with your life, whether or not women truly are as manipulative as some people, like in this red pill community, would try and make them out to be, I don't think that it ultimately matters or needs to matter for you personally. You know, even if 99% of all women are just horrible, terrible people who are out to manipulate you, that doesn't need to be your problem. You know, it's it's not your job as an individual to change human nature or to fix society. You know, what you're really looking for is you just need to have one relationship with one woman, you know, and then you can have a happy life with that. That's That's all you need. And if you've got that, then who really cares if all of the rest of them are manipulative? You know, even if 99% of women 
are as terrible as you you know suspect them to be with all of your you know trust issues well that that's okay let 99% of them be like that just find a girl from the 1% who isn't like that you know that that's all you need and of course these figures are arbitrary but my larger point is that it, who you keep as personal company who you've got in your life is extremely important you know it's going to have a huge impact on the way that you see the world and so you need to start thinking about the kind of people you spend time with or the kind of content you consume as having a direct impact on the way that you're experiencing life the kind of um the kind of life that you're living and your experience of reality so if you watch for example only red pill content or even even worse you only watch migto content be aware that those people that like that community is mostly going to focus on the absolute worst of female nature they're going to point out specific stories that paint women in a terrible terrible light they're not going to show you things that that are going to counteract that they're not going to show you the other side they're only going to focus on the negative and that is going to shape your view you know so potentially even though some of this red pill stuff it might have helped you a little bit in explaining some of the things that you didn't understand i would be very very cautious about spending too much time in those communities especially if you have a pre-existing mistrust based on your own experiences and so you're vulnerable to that kind of simplistic thinking that's just going to you know blame everything on women be extremely careful because the temptation is there and you won't even realize that you've gone down that path because of the the reinforcing nature of that community you know just that that echo chamber it's it's similar to anything you know i'm not picking on the red pill community it's just how the mind works you know if somebody says oh i saw this purple car the other day you know i've never seen a purple car before and you start thinking about it suddenly you're going to start noticing purple cars that's the confirmation bias what you see and what you notice you're going to start to notice more it just snowballs on from there so you know if you only watch reality tv for example then you could be forgiven for thinking that everybody on the planet is a drama queen what you wouldn't realize is that that they're casting specifically for those types of personalities regular people don't act that way they are creating drama for the purposes of entertainment and they're casting individuals who they know are going to give you that kind of drama so be aware when you're watching reality tv that it's not reality when you're reading red pill stuff or watching red pill stuff that's also not reality you are seeing a very specific uh type of content that is designed to be that particular way So yes, be aware of the dark female nature, but only be aware of it to the point where you can learn to spot it and then avoid it. You know, so there are some dangers about women and just people in general about their manipulations and you need to educate yourself to the point where you can put up boundaries and protect yourself. But at a certain point, you've got all the information you need. You know how to avoid, you know, manipulative people and the sort of dark part of humanity. That's all you need. At that point, any further focus on that is completely redundant. You don't need to go there. At that point, you need to start looking for nice women. You know, you need to start spending time with high-quality people because in order to really find the relationship that you want, you need to be in a positive, hopeful mindset. It's an absolute necessity. It's as important as anything else. You need to believe that it's possible to find your life partner and that it's going to be great when you do. Without that, you're going to slip into self-sabotage you're going to give in to your you know worst kind of paranoia and suspicions and all of that mistrust is just going to ruin any potential relationships that you have so 
that's my advice. Make sure that you are not going so dark into it that you are unable to see the forest for the trees. Just be aware of the darkness, but then focus as much as you're able to on the positive. Find good, good people. All right, let's have a look at some of the comments of this one. As you got older and older, you'd realize that there are a shitload of insecure people out there who prefer manipulation rather than honestly telling you what they want. Yes, definitely. I think that it is important that every single person be aware of their own dark side. Uh, you know, Carl Jung style, integrate the shadow. You need to be aware that a lot of people, when they're speaking to you, they have an agenda. You know, you need to learn to spot it. And then ultimately, you need to put boundaries around those types of people. Basically, by the time, you know, you're ready to settle down in your life, you know, you're not just learning. You're not in your early 20s. When you're in your mid-20s and 30s and you're ready to really create a life that is specifically tailored for you and your interests, you don't want anybody around who's manipulative. If you haven't yet learned to spot those people and move them out from your life, that should be your number one priority. Right, let's go to the next comment. It's not healthy to keep toxic people around. Yes, that further reinforces what I was just saying. I agree with that. Let's go to another comment. She doesn't sound like a nice person. I suggest making some female friends that are a positive influence in your life and share your interests. Don't focus on dating right now, but I'm assuming you view women this way. The, but I'm assuming you view women this way is because of your lack of experience in social situations with genuinely friendly members of the opposite sex. I actually like this advice. I think that it's good. I think that if you are only interested in sexual relationships with women, it can have the effect of shaping shaping every interaction that way to the point where you you don't really understand how to just speak to somebody normally and what women are looking for. I think that the idea that you can't speak to women and find out about female nature is wrong. I obviously on my YouTube channel I feature women, you know, a lot speaking about things. I think you need to create the right atmosphere to get the truth and you need to ask the right questions, you know, and be able to challenge them on the things that they say. But women themselves do have a lot to share about female nature. And so the more female friends that you can attract, especially if they're high quality female friends, it's going to have that effect of improving your mood, improving your outlook, giving you hope. And then by the time you are ready to start focusing on dating again, you're not coming from an isolated male only suspicious place you're coming from a place with lots of feminine energy in your life you know positive women that you're happy to be around that that's where you want to be getting to all right last comment on this one now you know to avoid and completely break contact with someone who sends around pictures of self-harm and a diary written in blood in brackets need to roll my eyes on this but she was young at the time so maybe that's why that's also sad but it is it is ultimately true. I think that if somebody is in a really dark place, there is only so much you can do. You should offer your help. But I think that it's a sad sort of truth that lots of people that don't really have much interest in improving their lives, you know, like this woman, she either wanted to drag you down with her, you know, because misery loves company, or she was interested in controlling and manipulating you rather than actually fixing the circumstances of her life. Now, because she's young, you know, she's a child, she's stuck at home with her parents, there's only so much she could have particularly done in that situation, so I don't want to become too judgmental. But if you meet an adult woman like this, someone who has freedom, who has agency, who has the capacity to be completely independent, and you're not seeing any signs that she wants to improve her life, 
all you're getting from her are, you know, self-harm pictures and, and horrible diary entries. And it just seems to be kind of cycling through this darkness spiral again and again and again understand that your compassion may actually betray you you know at a certain point you need to be logical about it of course it's going to hurt to see somebody that you care about go through something like that but it doesn't just because somebody's in pain doesn't mean that they're necessarily doing the right thing in order to move themselves out of that experience so you need to be a little bit cautious like that so hopefully as you've wisened up in your years you've learned to spot somebody like this and you won't try and be in a relationship with somebody like that or fall for them you're going to be more interested in functioning girls people with high self-esteem high quality women that's who you want to be attracted to all right that ends our first story short and sweet uh we'll move on to the second story but just quickly i want to talk about man-made media because we are on the cusp of releasing a new product, and it's unlike something that we've done before. This is a personal story of mine. Now, I don't like to share personal details about myself on the internet. I don't talk about, you know, my family history. I don't talk about my relationships that I've had or anything like that, because I don't want to be the product. I like to talk about ideas, and I like to talk about other people's stories. But I do understand there's tremendous value in this. And so even though I don't want to talk about it on my podcast or on the YouTube channel, with man-made media, it gives me the opportunity to go into huge depth, you know, really nut into it so that we can get to the core of what the lessons were that I learned from some of the more difficult experiences that I had in my life. And this first story that we're going to be releasing is an absolute cracker. It is my revenge story. You know, I had a time in my life where I was hurt by a woman and I was completely fueled by anger and bitterness. This was a long time ago and I learned a lot from the story and I think that other people will too. So look out for that. That should be coming soon, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. If you can't wait and you're just desperate to support the podcast in some way, please check out Manmade Media's other products. We've got some results of scientific studies, one on booty calls, one on the ovulation of strippers, there's a link in the description box below, or if you're listening to this on audio, just type into Google man-made-media.myshopify.com, and it'll take you straight there. All right, <clears throat> let me take a quick drink of water, then we'll move on to the second story. All right, this one is called, Am I an asshole for skipping the guy's night because the host's wife was there? Here we go. So, I have a pretty tight group of friends that have all been together since elementary school, all early 30s now. Lately, with people getting married and our careers, we haven't had much time to spend together. So, one of my friends suggested a long overdue guys' night. Just pizza and beers and catching up at a buddy's place. I said that I would order and pay for the pizza from our usual spot. So, the day of the guys' night, I get a text from the host's wife. We'll call her Kim, asking me to pick up some pizza from the other end of the city. <clears throat> at first, I was confused. And then I found out that she basically just cancelled her plans with her girlfriends to interject herself into our guys' night. I told her that the place that she wants to pick up from is on the other end of the city, plus we already had a place to order from. Kim had wanted to order a bunch of these super expensive, tiny, thin-crust hipster pizzas. <laughs> I tell Kim that we're a bunch of dudes and that we just want some regular filling pepperoni pizza to eat while we have a few drinks. The host texts me after to just say, yeah, go ahead and just get the regular. It's way easier. So we go ahead and order the regular stuff. While I'm driving to his place, I get a message from Kim that reads something like the following. 
I think you're being really selfish here. I wanted to share something with you guys that I found amazing and have a new experience with you, but you decided that you just have to make this all about yourself. You know that host isn't going to say no to anyone, and you're just being mean to get your way. I told Kim, just cancel the order, get whatever you want, I'm out, and turned around and drove home. To clarify, I wasn't upset about not getting my choice, but at the fact that Kim not only invited herself to what she knew was a guy's night, and then started making demands about food for us, and telling me to pick up the food that she wants, when she was also off of work at this time. Kim is a bit of a spoiled princess that's used to getting everything that she wants. So I decided not to go because if she was already getting this upset over something like pizza, then I don't want to spend one of my nights off around her. None of the guys were upset. They wanted me to come, but they understood why I bailed. One last thing is we all hang out pretty regularly as a group anyways. So Kim sees us at all. So Kim sees us all once every week or so. It's not that the guys never get to see each other, but we haven't had a guys only night in nearly a year. Am I an asshole for not just going along to, with this and having a peaceful evening? All right, straight off. This woman is acting outrageously. Don't like it at all. No, she's in the wrong. I think that the man who wrote this post handled this like a boss. All right, so let's go into the details. Why? What specifically did she do wrong? Well, First, I think inviting herself to this male-only party was completely inappropriate. It's not good. It's actually a bit of a red flag. It's not healthy if couples can't separate. You know, you should be able to go and do your own thing. You should have sufficient self-esteem that you can handle your boyfriend or your girlfriend spending time with just their friends that you don't need to be a part of. So if you're listening to this and you have a girlfriend who wouldn't let you have a guy's night, that is a red flag. That's the sign of a very controlling person and you want to be extremely weary with somebody like that. The second bad thing was this texting to interrupt the pizza plans, uh, you know, asking him to go and order from this other place and to go and pick it up. But I mean, she wasn't really asking. Uh, what she's doing is she's demanding because if you're asking somebody something, then they can legitimately say no. You know, it's a yes or no. Oh, I happen to say no. No worries, I was just asking. But no, she's demanding because he says no, and then, wow, the response that she <laughs> she gives him. It's just, it's just so outrageous what she did. Here he is, he's offering to pick up the pizzas and pay for them. Like, how generous is this guy? What an awesome friend. I want more friends like this who are going to pick up and pay for pizzas. And on top of all this generosity that he's already offered, she asks him, to go and get different pizzas. She asks him to go to the other side of the city to do a longer trip and then gets upset with him when she doesn't. That is a big problem. This is a huge red flag right here. It indicates somebody who is extremely entitled, like he already pointed out that this woman was. Imagine it. It's like, <laughs> it's like someone says, look, I understand that you need a kidney transplant. Let me offer you my kidney. And then that person's wife says, well, you know, the kidney is nice and all, but can we also have your liver as well? <laughs> you know, just, just accept the generosity. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And let's talk about the friend too, because sure, the friend backed him up eventually, like said, oh yeah, it's easier. Let's just get the pizza from the regular place, which of course, that's what he should have said. But I think that he should have acted earlier. He shouldn't have allowed it in the first place to even get to this far. So first of all, when the girlfriend cancelled the plans and then decided to come to this boys' night, he should have said, no, 
no, uh, I'm sorry that you've cancelled your plans with your girlfriends, but I'm still going to need you outside of the house. I've already made plans. Everyone's expecting a guy's night. Um, please respect that. And if she doesn't, then you, you're really, you know, you haven't got your masculine frame going in your relationship. That's, that's not good enough. You need to be able to stay strong to your boundaries. So he shouldn't have let his girlfriend come. He definitely shouldn't have let her dictate the pizza. Like, I don't know if she sent this text without his knowledge, which would be another red flag. But imagine just for a moment, we'll assume that she spoke to him first and said, I'm going to send this message to your friend who's offered to pay and pick up the pizzas and tell him to go get it from a different place. What kind of friend would be like, oh yeah, that seems legitimate. Absolutely not. He should have said, no, we're not going to dictate anything to him. We're just going to accept his generosity. And if she complains, you just need to to nip that in the bud. You just need to lay down the law right now and say, no, this is not up for discussion. This is my friend. And what you're expecting here is inappropriate. You know, this isn't, I'm saying, you know, get masculine and step into your frame, but this isn't a gender thing. Don't let anyone of any gender treat you this way. You know, you always need to maintain your right to have your own life, to, to see your own friends, to have time to yourself. And that's extremely important. And somebody who doesn't understand or respect that, ooh, be very, very wary around somebody like that. It's a big red flag. And really important, don't, don't embarrass you in front of your friends, you know, because how, how shameful for this guy that now his friend is not going to be turning up to his night because the way that his wife acted. Oh, I would be humiliated if my partner was to act in such a way. That, that's terrible. So as much as the friend failed, like, and is, that's really embarrassing for him, I think that we need to take some time to actually celebrate the author of this post because this is a true success story. I think that he did fantastic. I don't think he put a foot wrong. Everybody listening should take this man as a role model. So let, let's look at what he did. He was challenged by this woman to change his plans for the pizza. He said no. You know, he just maintained his masculine frame. He didn't capitulate. Uh, he held his ground and he was strong. He wasn't mean or spiteful or whiny about it. He didn't complain. He just said, no, I'm sticking to the original plan. Fantastic. No need for drama, but he knows what he wants. He knows what's appropriate and he's just doing it. Awesome stuff. Now, she then comes back with this horrible message, you know, telling him that he's selfish and he's making it all about him or whatever. Look at how he deals with that. He doesn't sink to her level. You know, he doesn't insult her back. <laughs> he doesn't engage in the drama. He proves that he's better than that. He takes the high ground. He just leaves. He says, no, do what you like. Uh, I I'm, I'm bailing. I'm not, I'm not going to come. I, I think that's fantastic. Perfect way to deal with it. Now, suddenly the guy who was bringing the pizza is not there at their evening. That, that the evening is now soured. You know, that's, there's a, a sour note to everything that happens afterwards. And everybody's going to know that it's her fault. What she's experiencing here with him not turning up are the consequences for her actions. You know, so all of the friends are there and they're wondering why this guy hasn't turned up. It's like, oh, well, this woman who's invited herself to the, the guy's night, she told him, you know, that the pizza he was going to get wasn't good enough and that he needs to go and get her pizza from across the city. That is extremely embarrassing. Like I said before, how humiliating to have your partner act this way in front of all of your friends. You know, 
Now, because of this original posters taking these actions, I think it's going to stimulate some discussion within this relationship that absolutely needs to occur. You know, this guy, he needs to have words with his girlfriend. Because, and that's, and that's how it should be. The correct person where all of this drama should be settling in is not between the author of this post and this girlfriend. You know, she tried to start that fight and he did the right thing in not engaging. The correct person to have this fight is the boyfriend, you know, because it's his girlfriend and he is the appropriate person to tell her that her behavior was unacceptable and inappropriate. Now, <clears throat> a lesser man could have so easily fallen into the trap that she set, you know, a lesser man, if he wasn't as awesome as this post was, he would have argued with her. He would have, you know, had the fight. And that would have been terrible. It would have just been a huge distraction as if there was an equal side here, as if there's one party who has one perspective and another party who has another perspective. And the two of them need to discuss it. That's not what's going on here. It's black and white. One person is completely in the wrong. And when somebody is that far in the wrong, you don't need to engage with them. You just dodge out the way, you know, because you don't want to give them that credibility as if there is any side to their legitimacy. Now, obviously, somebody needs to engage with this person because, well, she's part of their lives, but that doesn't need to be you. You're, you're not really connected to this woman in any meaningful way, so just move out the way and let the people who this is really relevant to have that horrible discussion, you know? Fantastic. I think that he handled it perfectly. I really admire this person. It's like, it's like he performed a dodge in fighting, you know, like in boxing or the UFC. You know, you can block it and sort of take the blow, but it's even more effective if you can pull it aside, uh, pull it off is just to step aside, you know, let the person's momentum just hit thin air, just hit nothing. You know, that feeling that's going to knock you off balance and that person's going to look so foolish. So moving ahead, I don't think that there's any reason that you need to bring this up again. You already handled the situation perfectly. She looks terrible. I mean, her message said that he was being selfish and that he was making it all about him. <laughs> the irony won't be lost on anybody watching this from the sidelines. <laughs> um, it should be clear to everybody that she's in the wrong. So if she tries to, to start a fight with you the next time that you, you see her, I, I would just do the exact same thing. Just leave again, you know? Basically, in your mind, just be absolutely clear, clear that her being a bitch, that's not your issue and you do not have to deal with it. Awesome stuff. Cool story. All right, let's look at what some of the people in the comments section had to say. As a woman, I genuinely don't understand women like this. When I was married, I would actively encourage my husband to have his boy time because I thought it was important. Well, good. That's, that is how a normal person would respond. I think the kind of person who can't handle their partner spending time by themselves or just with their friends exclusively when they're not there are people who are extremely insecure and want to control their partners. Similar to the kind of impulse that we spoke about in the first story, actually. If you don't feel safe or secure, then you're going to try and control the people around you. So, I mean, I do understand why women act like this um, and they have my compassion because they're obviously not doing well in life or inside themselves. But as a man, I think you need to be aware that a woman who does this is not a high quality woman and you need to keep a wide berth. Certainly don't get into a relationship with a woman who can't respect your need for independence and your need for boundaries. It's, um, it's a big red flag. Next comment. I always find the idea of guys nights or girls nights weird. I guess I found it weird because why the emphasis on gender as bonding? If you want alone time from your spouse, just take it. 
not being obtuse, just genuinely curious. I don't think I've ever been on a girls' night, and frankly, the stereotype of one freaks me out. <laughs> um, I disagree. I actually think that um, specific gender bonding nights are important. I personally prefer mixed gender events because I like having both men and females, you know, present because I think that it makes, you know, discussions more interesting to have the various perspectives. But I think that there's absolutely a place for all male bonding. I couldn't comment on all female. Um, a lot of the women who I like <laughs> and spend time with, they also don't like all female events. Um, take that however you like. But <laughs> so I can only speak from a male perspective, but I, I do quite a few events that are just just male only. And uh, I wouldn't want to do it exclusively, but I, I get a lot out of it. So I don't know, to each his own, really. When I had a partner, I wanted him to go with his friends. Go, go. I just want to sip some wine and watch some dumb, creepy videos on YouTube. <laughs> well, she's saying that he, he, she wants him to go and spend time with her friends, with his friends, just so she can have some time to herself. <laughs> well, that's, that's, one, that's one reason, I suppose. All right, we'll do, we'll do one more comment, then we'll move on to our final story. I honestly do not understand women who must be around their partners all the time. My gals will bail on girls' nights because of their dudes. I'm like, you're seeing each other so much. Spend five hours away from him. Come on. It's annoying. Yeah. I, I also get, um, not annoyed, but suspicious of that. If, if people are spending time, if they would rather spend time with a person who they see all the time than like a friend who they haven't caught up with in a long time, then there's some weird kind of codependency dynamic going on there. And it's a little bit suspicious. And it's always really disappointing if you have a close friend and you, you're used to spending a lot of time together and suddenly they find a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you don't see them anymore. I, I think that it's a worry. I don't think that it's normal or natural. Of course, you should want to spend time with your partner. You know, you love that person. That's completely normal. But time apart is extremely important as well. And it's good for your relationship. You know, you you go, you you see other people, you spend time contemplating their perspectives, you know, a whole different worldview and life experiences than another person's had. You either love it and it enriches your life or you don't like it. And then you come back to your partner and it makes you appreciate what you've got, you know, wonderful. Um, so I, I'm with the, this commenter. I can't understand it either. I think that um, it's indicative that something's not going on quite right there. All right. Enough of that story. Let's briefly talk about Patreon. That's the way to support Alexander Grace on his YouTube channel or on his podcast. I post there every single day. We have a fantastic community there. And it's also a great way to send me a story. If you want to see me, you know, cover something in this podcast, that's the best way to contact me, which is a great segue because this next story is an email that I received and it's called Big Thanks and a Question. So let's go ahead and read that. Dear Alex, I have pretty much binge watched all of your videos and left a comment where I am telling you how much I appreciate your work. You even liked the comment, which is very nice. You have mentioned in your videos that you also do chat via email with some people that contact you, and that is why I'm sending you this email. I might know the answer already, but I want to make sure. I am sending this to you particularly since you have described accurately what I am feeling in one of your videos, in brackets, monogamy is unfair to men. Uh, that's the name of one of my videos. I am 23 and my girlfriend is 24 and we've been together for almost three years. I really care about her and consider her my emotional support. 
The bad part is that I am starting to wonder if I should try to be with other women, since the sex is getting less exciting with each time that we sleep together. Is there a way to make it work again, or is this part of a relationship doomed already because of the biology? I'm also not sure if I am ready to marry her, in brackets probably won't since I'm not a big fan of marriage, and I have a kid with her. She wants one in five years or so, which is unrealistic for me. We also had a talk about our relationship when it got really boring, but in the end, I did not break up with her. Do you have any advice? Should you use this in a video or anything, please keep me anonymous. Thank you, and keep up the good work. <coughs> All right. Let me be honest with everybody here. I almost didn't include this in the podcast. When I first read it, uh, I was extremely reluctant. Even though it's a very, very important question that he's asked, I was a little bit intimidated because it is a very difficult one to answer. It is not obvious in any kind of uh, black and white way what the right thing to do in this situation. It's extremely nuanced. It depends on a number of different factors. And with that kind of complexity, I was a bit intimidated to really put my opinion out there and comment on this. But I ultimately decided that I can't be scared to go after the difficult stuff. I need to show the courage, you know, necessary and, and talk about the stuff that nobody else does. And that's what this, this podcast is all about. You know, it's going to the most difficult relationship issues and psychological problems that you have in relationships and talking about them because we have a culture where we don't talk about relationships. Everybody is so busy talking about sport or politics or things that don't have to do with their personal lives. Nobody's talking about the basics of well, what does a, a high quality person look like? What is gaslighting? What's a healthy way to communicate with other people? To me, those are the most important questions we should be talking about. And that's why I talk about them, to try and reduce human suffering through improving your relationships. And so this guy's reached out to me in good faith, hoping I'm going to be able to help and I really, really hope that I'm going to be able to. I'm going to do my absolute best here. So let's get started. First off, let's talk about the lost sexual attraction that you're experiencing in your long-term relationship. Now, you're correct that I have spoken about on my channel that this is biological. Uh, it is called the Coolidge effect, and it's completely validated by science and all the you know, experiments. Basically, what it means is that as a man, you have a desire to see your, you know, your genes passed on to the next generation. And so part of you feels that inclination to have sex with lots and lots of different women. That way you're kind of hedging your bets, so to speak. You know, you're, you're giving your DNA to lots of different carriers in the hope that some of them are going to survive. That is what your biological urge is. And it's the same in males of basically every species. You know, we produce billions of sperm. That's what's that's what's going on. Now, even though that is like true, that when you have already had sex with a woman, you've already been like, oh, I've given her my sperm, and you're less excited to have sex with her again because there's kind of a, a biological sense of, oh, I've been there, done that. I need to be spending my time conquering some some new territory, you know, having sex with some different women. And the Coolidge effect is absolutely real, and it's not spoken about very often, which is a shame because it has huge implications for our understanding of happiness in marriage and satisfaction in sex lives. But it's not the only reason why people lose interest in sex in their relationship. So while I can't speak to the degree of how much the biology is specific to you in this situation, to a certain point, that is completely unavoidable. There's just only so much you can do about it. And if you're smart and you stay in love 
then hopefully the impact of the biological urges that you have isn't going to be too much. But a certain amount of that pain and that suffering is just kind of unavoidable. So I can't speak too much about it. What I'm going to talk about are some of the other reasons why sexual passion might be fading from your relationship, because that's going to actually empower you, if you can, to make some changes and and kind of fix this. So one of the very, very common problems that couples have in long-term relationships is an increased difficulty in sexualizing the other person, you know, objectifying the other person and viewing them as like a, a sexual object. That gets harder and harder and harder because the more intimate you are with somebody, the longer you've been together, the more you come to know that person as a a real person, you know, not somebody that you objectify, but actually living, breathing person who's just like you, their own thoughts, fears, emotions, beliefs, all of that. They're your emotional support. You're there for each other. You know, you've held that person when they've cried, you know, all of their fears and it's one of those cruel tricks of nature, but all of that emotional intimacy is actually not good for sexual arousal. It's, it's quite the opposite. Like, let me demonstrate this. When you, when you look at pornography, you're looking at strangers, you know, you don't know the women or or not even porn. If you just see a hot girl walking past you on the street, she's a stranger to you. And so she's super easy to objectify, you know, and that objectification is necessary for arousal because you know what what makes you excited about having sex is the this op- opportunity for biological passing on of your genes you know and so you're you're coming at your your sexual state from a very selfish perspective you know you're like what well, i have my biological imperative to have sex with you and that's what i want to do and i just need you to be that sexual object that i have sex with and it needs to be kind of that simple you know that is the optimum place for you know sexual arousal what the problem is in a long term relationship is you get really worried about the feelings of the other person you know they're a real person they're your partner who you love and you have difficulty being completely selfish in a sexual encounter you know sex in a long term relationship can be very sweet can be loving like you can have sex that way but <laughs> those are kind of human emotions that we've overlaid on top of what is basically a purely biological process and at its rawest form sex is an act that should be 100% selfish now it works out fine if you're having sex with a girl for 100% selfish reasons and then she's having sex with you for 100% selfish reasons like you're just using each other both that's great it's not good if one of you is like having sex as a favor to the other person that's not conducive to passionate love making <laughs> what's what's best is if you both have that understanding that you are just raw animal instinct and you are using the other person's body to fulfill your biological urges but when you care about somebody it's hard to treat them as a sex object it's very very difficult you're too intensely aware of what that person's internal experience is like, and you can't objectify them. Many, many married couples go through this. You know, they get to know each other too well, and it's a problem for their intimacy. Now, I'm not just talking about when things like married couples are fighting. You know, obviously, if you're not honest with each other and the relationship's not good, it's going to have an impact on your sex life. You know, unresolved conflict absolutely kills arousal. But the fact that you're having difficulty, you know, maintaining your sexual interest in your partner is not necessarily because the relationship is going badly. 
that's why it's kind of a cruel trick, you know? I hope that you can understand the nuance of this one because it is a little bit complicated, but the simplest way that I can put it is that even if your relationship is going well, you know, you're emotionally coming to understand the other person better and better and better, and you care about that person more and more and more, that very act of you improving your relationship on that level can have a negative effect on your sex life. It it often does. You know each other too well and it kills the arousal. You know, particularly, it gets particularly bad if you're codependent with the other person. So if in any way you feel responsible for your partner's emotions, then it's very difficult to sexualize them, very difficult to engage in in healthy sexual objectification. You know, it's difficult for you because you're so busy thinking about her for you to actually be selfish in the bedroom and to really just let go into what you want and what you're feeling and to tap into your biology. You know, you're too much up in your head. You're worried about, am I hurting her? You know, am I disrespecting her? You know, all these problems. And it becomes to feel like a bit of a burden and you just feel less and less enthusiastic about sex, you know, because, hey, there's you. You just want to have some sex. You know, you want to fulfill your biology. You just want to get hard and, and, and fuck some some gorgeous stranger and and have her just fuck you back like that's what you want but here it's not just some woman it's it's your partner it's your life partner it's your emotional support and all of that intimacy can actually weigh you down it's it it sucks that this is the way that it happens esther perel wrote an entire book um she's a therapist i've spoken about it before on the podcast about how to overcome this and the basics of her advice is that you've got to learn to see your partner as more and more of a stranger you know do things that that surprise the other person and while her advice i think can work it's ultimately kind of a drop in the ocean you know because the main message i got from all of her book was that yeah it's really really difficult it gets increasingly hard to maintain that intense sexual passion for somebody who you know about really really well it actually becomes safer to fantasize about other women you know, as strange as it might seem, you might absolutely love your wife, but you're more turned on by a woman you've never met before, you know, a complete stranger for the very fact that you're not emotionally responsible for that person. So before we blame biology completely and just say, oh, it's the Coolidge effect, you know, you're not not interested anymore because you've already had sex with her biologically, there's no reason to continue investing in her. While that's, while that's valid, of course, before we blame biology completely. I want to ask if you're being completely honest with your partner, you know, like how emotionally responsible do you feel for them? Because that's going to be a huge roadblock in feeling excited about sex. So do you have any sexual fantasies that you haven't shared with her? You know, are you holding back? Is the sex that you're having with her, you know, the positions, the style, the mood, is it exactly as you want it? Because if not, then like maybe you're holding back because you're worried you don't want to hurt her feelings or or you think that she's going to reject you or, or something like that. If not, try that first before looking elsewhere, you know? if <laughs> Try honesty first, raw, radical, complete honesty. At least give that a try first. And also ask yourself this question, do you want to fix the problem? Now you've written to me, so it would seem on the surface that, yeah, of course you want to fix this problem, but it is possible that you're 
more trying to find justification for not dealing with this problem, you know, and just an excuse to sort of move on to something else. So be completely honest with yourself and ask, do you really, really actually want to fix this problem? Is there a part of you that might be glad that your sex life is dwindling? Because maybe secretly you would want to be with other women, like that's actually your preferred, and this dwindling sex life is maybe a nice excuse, perhaps? Again, I don't know you, so I'm just speculating. I just want you to ask these questions to yourself. So if you could flick a switch, say, there's a, there's a magic button, and if you pressed it, then it would automatically and just instantly remove any feeling of boredom that you have during your sex life. When you're with your partner, you are now intensely aroused. Ask yourself, would you do it? You know, are you, if it was that easy as just flicking a switch and it would make you crazy turned on by your partner, would you flick that switch? Or is there some benefit to you being a bit bored in the relationship, a bit bored during your sex life? You know, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it helps you feel like independent from her in some way to kind of put her at a distance and all that. You know, maybe you'd rather move on to another woman for completely different reasons. I don't necessarily know, but I think that these are extremely important questions that you need to ask. Because while at the moment, while you might not be excited or aroused during sex, that's not necessarily the most important question. The most important question is, do you want to be excited and aroused? You know, do you, do you begin sex or do you begin lovemaking with this woman with the thought, I want to be turned on by this woman? Is, is that what you want? Do you want this problem to be fixed? Do you want to be aroused by her? If the answer is no, then you need to ask yourself why. You need to find out what the underlying belief is that stops you from having that intention. Now, I'm just spreading my seeds wide. Again, I don't know exactly what you're going through, so I'm just going to talk about something else as well in case this is it because sometimes this desire to sleep with other women, it can just be an issue of pride. You know, some guys, they pick up the message from the culture somewhere that they're actually less than if they haven't had so many women. You know, maybe their their mates are bragging, you know, oh, I've had this many, I've had this many. And if you've just been in a long-term relationship and you don't have much experience, you haven't had many partners, there are some guys who will be like, I think I'm failing at life. You know, I'm, I'm a failure because I haven't had so many, you know, sexual partners. I don't know if that's what's going on for you, but I mean, if it is, or if somebody else listening to this, they have that particular belief, get over it really, really quickly. That is not a belief that's going to lead you to any kind of happiness. It's nonsense. Your measure as a man is not by how many women you've slept with. Absolutely not. Some of the happiest dudes I've ever known were Christians who were virgins at marriage. You know, they've only ever been with one woman and they're absolutely thrilled. You know, they don't measure themselves based on such a superficial characteristic. So all that, oh, you got to have sex with lots of women in order to be a real man. That's genuinely stupid, macho bullshit. Just ignore all of that. Fucking lots of women does not make you a man. Your masculinity is measured by other things. So, let's see. We let's we go through them now. Let's assume that you've already been completely open about your fantasies. Uh, let's assume that you do genuinely want to fix it, and we'll assume also that there's no issue of pride here. So, all of the things that I think that it could be, it's it's none of those. Let's just 
Let's just make that assumption. Now it's time to speak about demonized male sexuality, which I speak about a lot, but I'm going to speak about it again. We know that men crave variety. It's built into our biology, and it is quite difficult for me, as somebody who wants to talk about this, to walk the fine line that's necessary to validate male sexuality and men's sexual feelings to basically hear men say, I want to have sex with lots of women. Like you, you know, you're sort of saying, I don't want to just have sex with my partner. I want to validate that. I want to tell you that that's normal and natural that you're feeling that way. And that anybody who's demonizing you for feeling that way, ignore that person, you know, but I have to walk that fine line because I also don't want to encourage destructive sexual behavior. And I'm not really in favor of casual sex. I'm not, I'm also not totally against it. I, I think that it very much depends on the individual. So I would never make a sweeping sweeping kind of statement. But the idea that the more sexual partners, the better, I am absolutely not on board with that. Life experience has proved to me through, you know, many, many different examples of people that I know that that is not the case. Um, so I'm not on board with that at all. I don't agree with this idea that just have sex with lots of women and the more, the better. No. Not at all. But even though I don't think that's practically a very wise thing to do, I do understand and I accept the impulse. It is normal. I like to think of it as, as similar to junk food. So I don't judge people for craving sugar and fat. Like I understand why junk food is tasty and why people eat it. And I don't judge you for desiring it. You know, you are biologically designed to crave those things. You know, if you come across sugar or fat in, in the wild, you're meant to gorge upon it because, you know, you wouldn't know when you're next going to get a feast like that. So you've got all these evolutionary mechanisms rewarding you for gorging yourself on that kind of food. But of course, we don't live in caveman days anymore. Um, and we need to be wise about it. We have to understand that it's not good for you to do that. Sex and uh, sleeping with like a variety of women is similar to junk food in that, okay, so you want to sleep with other women. Like, I get that. That's normal and natural. But you need to be wise about it. You need to look at the world around you, look at other people who've done that and say, is that actually going to make me happy? And I can guarantee you that even if you start sleeping with a whole bunch of different women, it will never be enough. Yeah? It, there will never, if, if you think that you're going to find satisfaction in a certain number of partners, I promise you, you will not. And so what these guys that, that are living like the pickup artist lifestyle, or like what you used to call like the playboy lifestyle, lots of different women every single night, I think that they're being very, very unwise because what they're doing is they're just keeping the temptation alive inside themselves. You know, at, at a certain a certain point, you have to see that the pickup artist community, if they're still stuck in it, like they're not using it to actually find life partners, they're just interested in picking up women in nightclubs, you know, <laughs> very low quality women, I might point out, you know, the kind of women that actually that stuff works on consistently, but they're very, very shallow. You know, they're just chasing that high again and again and again, and they're not likely to find any lasting happiness. But rather than make a change, they're just going to double down on the tactics they used to, you know, temporarily alleviate their concerns the last time. So this is why I just, I don't find that there's that much to be spoken about with regards to pickup. I just don't find it particularly interesting because like I've said, I'm interested in reducing human suffering and I don't see any evidence that just sleeping with lots and lots of women 
actually makes people happy. What I have seen plenty of evidence of is that long-term committed, invested relationships between healthy, functional people does make you happy. That is one of the best parts about life. Most people, they really value those relationships if they can get into it. They're difficult to achieve, which is why in my channel, I give as many tips and advice on how to do that as possible. But once you get there, life is good. You know, those kind of relationships, they are healthy. They are nourishing. They're good for you. I mean, sex with strangers, just constantly finding new women, that's like empty calories. You know, it, it's it's the the junk food. But sex in a committed relationship with somebody that you love, that is healthy, nourishing food that's going to reinvigorate your spirit. So let's just run through this hypothetically. Say you break up with this woman, break up with your long-term relationship, and you then have sex with 20, 20 women. 20 gorgeous women, you know, lots of fun in the moment. But then think things through. So after that, well, then what, you know, what, what's, if, if you're not satisfied after those 20, do you think that the 21st woman is going to make you happy? So, so my point is that at some point you will stop, like at some point you'll get bored because at some point you'll, you'll see, right, right. This is not where true happiness comes from. So why, why I keep doing this is not worth all of the effort. And if you recognize that at some point you'll stop and you'll stop craving and seeking the variety and that you will settle down with one woman, ask yourself, well, why not now? You know, you're in a relationship with this woman for three years. Why not let her be the last woman? You know that you need to resist temptation at some point. You know, what you need to ask yourself is, are you strong enough to resist now? Can this be it? Is this a high quality woman that I'm in a relationship with? Is this relationship good? Is it healthy? Is it, is it good for me? Can I see it going on further? You know, or is it not such a good relationship? And is it worth the risk, you know, of losing this relationship to try and find a better one? And look, you, I, I don't know how good the relationship is. I'm in no way to, to answer that question. So only you can you answer that. And so if you say, no, I'm not ready this is not the woman for me. I can't stop now. The temptation to sleep with other women is too strong. I need to go and do it. I'm not going to judge you because maybe that's correct. You know, maybe you're just not in the place yet and you absolutely need to do it. You won't feel right settling down with somebody until you've gotten that out of your system. But what you won't find is satisfaction. What you will find is that eventually you get bored and frustrated because you didn't find satisfaction and then you'll come back to relationships. So if you do break up with her, understand why you're doing it. It's not because you're going to find satisfaction. It's that you need to know inside yourself that you gave it a shot and that you were genuinely bored and frustrated with trying to find it through different means. So that's, 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 that's my advice. And a certain amount of exploring your biological impulses is actually natural, you know? So if if you need to do it, go for it. I think it's better than spending your life with a woman and being resentful about it, you know? Like if, if you can't let this go, you genuinely don't have the strength that you're just going to be sitting there resenting her all the time, thinking of her as the woman that prevented you from chasing after the thing that was actually going to make you happy. Well, that's not fair to her. And so, you know, absolutely need to stop it. But if you do feel inside yourself that you do have the strength to resist that temptation and instead of 
wondering if the grass is greener somewhere else. You're like, no, I'm just going to do everything I can to make this relationship the best relationship that it can be. Then maybe now's the time to make that commitment. And if you, if you do that, I'll tell you what you're likely to discover. You, you'll discover you'll discover that sex is just not meaningful unless it's in a commitment. Like there's, there's a rush, there's a certain high that you get through, you know, anonymous sex that people describe. There's that instant validation, but it, it, it fades quickly and then you crash hard. You know, you, you probably know this inside yourself, the difference between an orgasm that you had from masturbation where you just, you know, by yourself or maybe looking at pornography and the orgasm that you have with uh, like a partner during sex you know, one is is a lot more satisfying than the other, and in the afterglow of sex with the with a woman that you know, cares about you, you know, you don't have that that horrible sinking feeling afterwards. You're like, no, this was this was something that meant more than just a a cheap and quick high. So, long term relationship, it is normal for sexual passion to fade. Um, the reason that you're so overcome with sexual passion. Is it's actually an evolutionary trick. It's designed to get you to hook up, but it's 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 meant to fade, you know, because it's being replaced with deeper pleasures. You know, ultimately the the rush and the high of sexuality that's not something to build a life around. It's just not consistent enough, and it's not even good enough. You know, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't fix any of your other problems in life. So deprioritize it. Men, particularly young men. They'll think that sexual satisfaction is all they need in order to lead a happy life. Absolutely not the case. You need so many other things. And that's what a relationship can give you. It can give you companionship, love, you know, children, uh, familiarity, you know, that those kind of things, they're long lasting. And you'll still have sex. It's not like you're it's not like you're giving up sex and becoming celibate. It's just it's not the type of sex that you'll fantasize about. But every person who's been in your position and who contemplated leaving the long-term relationship and just going to have a whole bunch of sex with a whole bunch of women, like that's assuming he can even pull it off. You know, that's a whole other discussion. But they ultimately come to the conclusion that it was meaningless and that they value love more. You know, that's that's the lesson that they learn. But very few guys will ever actually get to that point because they just never have enough sex. But from the few that do manage to pull it off and actually get to live out their fantasies, they've learned that lesson. And so learn from the wisdom of others. You know, if you're having problems in your relationship, I can understand the allure of looking outside of your relationship and and getting lost in some fantasies, because that's a lot easier than fixing them. You know, it's a lot easier than having those hard conversations, breaking, you know, any codependent patterns that may have formed. It's way easier to just fantasize about other women, but that doesn't lead to happiness. You know, fulfilling your desires just basically you know, uh, you know, satisfying your biological instincts, it only satisfies your desires and creates happiness up to a certain point. But it's quite shallow and it crashes just as hard afterwards because it's not sustainable. What does create lasting, meaningful happiness in the long term is having self-discipline, is helping others and having meaningful relationships. There, it builds slowly. It's not like the immediate rush of, you know, having sex and having your orgasm. It's something, it's like a, like a long 50-year tantric orgasm, right? It just starts very small, but your happiness will build and build and build. And there's no limit to it, you know? You really do have an infinite potential of happiness if you're willing to be patient and cultivate it in the right way, you know, with hard work. And uh, relationships are fantastic. 
amazing, fun, all that good stuff, but they are also work. And it's that work that makes them fun. All right. <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say about that issue. I don't know how well I feel like I did. I think that um, it is an extremely difficult topic. I would be fascinated to hear more personal details about your relationship. So if you want to send me a follow-up via email, go ahead and do that. Maybe we can even do uh, another version of this in a couple of months' time to see where you're at. Thank you so much for sending me that story. If you have a story that you'd like to send me, hop onto my Patreon page. That's the best way to contact me. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, make sure to head over to Manmade Media and purchase one of the products there. Look out for my personal story that's going to be coming out soon. I want to thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you all again next week. <laughs>